Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Arachet, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. And become a subscriber, please, at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. As always, we got Ishmael Johnson in the house. Ish, how you doing? Doing good. I just hope our teams don't uh, suck this weekend. Honestly, that is a uh, that's a very big statement. You could be referring to a lot of different things. If I'm being perfectly honest, uh, you, you could be referring to obviously my uh, semi beloved Chicago Bears, who uh, well, apparently... look, well that impl- that implies playing a game, which my team <laughs> will not be doing probably. So right. I can't um, say that <laughs> right. in regards uh, to that. Yeah, so Ish obviously is a, a Tennessee Titans fan. Um, not the best time of year to be a, a Tennessee fan. It was. Fan. Like, <laughs> oh, two weeks ago, it was awesome. And then <laughs> it then they just decided, you know what, we're not going to wear masks in the facility. We're going to – did you see the news today about the practice that they out. held? Oh, yeah, gosh. so that's great. <laughs> you know, Corey Davis just got put on the COVID list this oh, uh, dear. today. So there goes their number one and two wide receiver. Uh because A.J. Brown still hasn't come back. So, you know, things are just great right now. I I love the NFL. I love football. I love the Titans. Um, Yeah, cancel the season. I don't care. (laughs) You know, the funny (sighs) thing about it is, right, like, I mean, we all obviously all expected that that the pros would handle it better than the college kids. And, I mean... And there, let's be fair. Let's be fair. You know, there have been more college teams with stuff sure. going on than. But than there's the also way well, more college teams, and and there's and there's way more things the pros could be doing right. <laughs> than colleges are permitted to do. And by the way, the most frustrating thing about all of this is that it's my team that seems to be just doing it the absolute <laughs> worst than anyone else in the league. Yes. Now, now, the one thing I'll say about that too, though, is that obviously a lot of uh, obviously a lot of college football players are, you know, doing online only classes and kind of sequestered from right. everybody. But like right. more college football players have to do day to day things. Like have day to day They go out if they do have a class, they have to walk in the right. you know, in the, the campus square right. or the campus right. quad. They have to like go to practice. They got you know, they're they're congregating a lot more than right. you know, professional sports athletes would Yeah. And so, you know, I I kind of thought that uh, you know, we, we did have some issues with baseball early, but it seems like they've mostly gotten those buttoned up. And, man, I, I don't know. It's just – it's kind of crazy because, obviously, you know, the Patriots this week, right? Like, that's the that's right, the whole yeah. one going around right now is, like, obviously they had some players test positive, but because they had negative tests, they're like, eh, you guys can go play. But, obviously, as we've seen in many cases yep. – it doesn't show right away. We saw that with the president, right? I mean, if the yeah. president uh, isn't testing positive right away, if people around him aren't, like, what are we doing? I think it was uh, Stefan Gilmore that was recently, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so there's a, there's actually a still of him with Patrick Mahomes after the game, like, yep. hugging and embracing. And now it's like, all right, like, Not what good. happens next? Yeah, Not good. So... Yeah, I don't know. I've read some theories that, like, the NFL was hoping to just weather the storm until the playoffs and then, like, maybe bubble in the playoffs, which theoretically I could see that trying to be, you know, like if you get someplace like Arlington or Los Angeles or something and just, like, you know, getting these eight teams or however many there would be, um, that would make sense because doing it for 32, right, you have to basically bubble, like, five cities probably effectively to do that. So I get it, but, yeah, it's just, yeah, it just – I feel like we're on the cusp of 
something of, of a real contemplation of postponing the season. Yeah, and and to think, I mean, heading into this week, the worst thing that I thought is that somehow I lost my first two fantasy picks. But apparently, uh, we were <laughs> apparently we got a you know bigger fish to fry. But you know, moving on a little bit, moving on a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, unless you want to hear more about my fantasy team, I know everybody. Does. Oh <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I think I'm okay. <laughs> so uh, so semi big news this week. So um, we kind of knew that this was going to be coming eventually, but the NAIA has come out in front and become the first college football league to pass name image and likeness legislation now uh look obviously one of the things with it is like for ncaa schools you got to pass it for the entire ncaa right like there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot more to go into it so you know a lot of credit to naia for coming out and trying to be first on it um Mm -hmm. you know in the state of california like this is going to happen right they've already passed the legislation that by 2023 college athletes will have their NIL rights, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but the NAIA has come out and said everybody does now. And so I'm curious, did you expect it to happen kind of this quick? And, and kind of what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's. I think I guess I did expect it to kind of happen this quick with California kind of being the, the first state to really push um, college bodies to, to do that. Obviously, the NCAA is one that's just going to – I don't know, might never happen as far as the NCAA is concerned, but um, I'm not that surprised that it came, uh, and I'm not that surprised that it's the NAIA kind of stepping in front because, one, it's a great way to promote that league. Definitely. Right? You, you, like, you know, we know about D2 and D3, but, like, people, some people don't realize that, you know, Southwestern Assemblies of God is not an NCAA school, right? Yeah, some, right. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Houston Tillotson, not an NCAA school. So, like... Those are NAIA programs, and those are schools that should be. I mean, like, let's put it this way: Houston Tillotson. I don't know if that many people know that it's in Austin. No, right? No, <laughs> like um, they unless you've driven past uh, unless you've Texas driven, on I thirty five, right? Right, sure, sure. You see, you see, um, uh, Texas, and you see even more prominently St. Edwards. I think is probably mm-hmm. more prominently placed in in the city. Yep. And you kind of you kind of have to you know look your head around to be like, oh, there's Houston Tillotson, right? But that's a that's a good uh, uh, black college, right? And so it's like. Yeah, the idea that not many people know that a HBCU is in Austin, like, it's kind of weird to me, um, just because obviously, I obviously grew up, but, you know, Wayland Baptist, right, that's a, a NAI, this, and I'm not saying, like, these kids are going to be raking in, you know, thousands and right, hundreds right, of thousands, right. right, they're not, they're, obviously, they're not Trevor Lawrence, they're not Justin Fields, but, like, it's their opportunity that if they do have someone, if somebody, if something as simple as, like, the family dealership, right, anything, they can put their name on it. They can say, "Hey, boom! I'm gonna endorse this. I'm gonna endorse X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna get a little money, help promote something, or you know, it just gives them property over themselves." And yeah. I have no problem with that, yeah, uh, because ultimately, it's about again, it's about them, and it's about potentially promoting these schools that don't get promotion, but almost at all. Right, right, right. And you know, one thing to to note as well is like, obviously, the question isn't whether you know. Whether kids are going to go to to you know Houston Tillotson over Alabama, right? Like right. or Texas but, Wesleyan, or right? Not not that Wayland level. Baptist, right? But right. But you know the the thing that can happen is first of all, like you mentioned, I mean, if you're choosing between you know a Division two, Division three school or an NAIA school, like I mean, maybe maybe this maybe sways you a little more. Right, yeah. right. And NAIA, NAIA has scholarships, right? Which a Division mm-hmm. three doesn't have. You know, that's obviously a benefit in the first place. Um, and, and no, I mean, I think, I think that 
you know, look, I, I think that there's this idea that people go around saying like, well, you know, these kids are going to figure out real quick that they're not as valuable as, as they think they are, which, you know, obviously I think both of us disagree with in general, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, Hey, let's see, let's, let's figure see, out, give them the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't remember, uh, in Dallas, you know, we got another HBCU. I think it's an NIA school, uh, Paul Quinn college. Right. And mm-hmm. And so, like, that's another one, right, is, is for example, I mean, they don't play football, but if, you, if you're if you a basketball player, right, like, mm-hmm. you're saying that there's nobody in Dallas who owns a business, who loves Paul Quinn College, who thinks that they can market some, you know, some Paul Quinn kids, you know, I, I feel mm-hmm. like there has to be, right? And, um, again, I don't think that there's going to be, like, some cataclysmic shift by any means, and I also think that... You know, in the next three to five years, I think the NCAA is going to be forced to to follow regardless. But um, mm-hmm. but you know, I think for the NAIA to get out in front of this, I think that's really smart. And you know, I mean, like obviously both of us are really young. You know, we kind of don't remember the the full heyday of NAIA. But like, sure, I think that it is sort of good. You know, the NAIA I think has always been one of those leagues that's tried to be out in front of everybody else. You know, they were really mm-hmm. early on like women's sports, for example, and you know they. I think that the way that they've managed to kind of keep existing has been by trying to stay ahead of everybody else. We'll right. see if it works here. I mean, I don't think, again, I don't think it's going to be like some cataclysmic change, but uh, but I think that it's still, you know, when you have the chance to, to be the first on something that's obviously going to happen and doesn't cost the school anything, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a good thing. 100%. I agree. And just, so, uh, I, do, I do want to kind of yeah. run through the NAI schools real quick. Uh, University of Houston, Victoria, Houston Tillotson, Jarvis Christian, uh, North Texas at Dallas, Our Lady of the Lake, Paul Quinn, you mentioned, Southwestern Assemblies of God, Texas A&M, San Antonio, Texas A&M, Texarkana, Texas College, Texas Wesleyan, Wayland Baptist, and Wiley. Yes, and the four that play football are Wayland Baptist, uh, Texas uh, Wesleyan, uh, Wayland Baptist, did I already say that? Wayland Baptist, (laughs) Texas Lutheran, Oh man, I'm blanking right now. Uh, Swagu, yeah, Swagu, Swagu, and in uh, Texas College, of course, of course, there it is. Yeah. yeah. So those four are the four that play football. And again, this is going to be something that's going to apply in all sports. It's not just we talk so much about uh, about football, obviously, but it really mm-hmm. isn't football first and, and foremost, right? So, right. Um, you know, it's going to affect every sport, and I'm I'm curious too. I think that the NCAA will be watching closely to see kind of how those first couple of months go. So, and it does take place 2020 20 to 2021, right? Like it starts immediately. I believe it should. Yes, I, I believe okay. that it's a, a current rule change that gotcha. uh, th- that will be applied right now. So, um, cool. you know, I, I don't know whether uh, lots of I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of <laughs> advertisements and endorsements happening in the year 20, <laughs> 2020, right. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. But a couple uh, other things going right. on. Right. Uh, we're a little busy here. <laughs> but um, anyway, look, uh, we're going to go ahead and move on uh, and, and go ahead and do our game previews. Look, we got a we got a very full week this week. It always gets a little funny, right? Whenever we get to the middle of like conference plays started, everybody's playing. It, it kind of gets wild, and you, I mean, you know, we have to talk about every one of these games basically. So we're just right. gonna go ahead and get right into it. So we're gonna start on Thursday. So, ish, are the Houston Cougars gonna play football? I'm gonna say yes with a slight wince. <laughs> 
think that it's good. Uh, they're playing against Tulane, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. Houston is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, which is kind of interesting to me. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they haven't played football. What are we so, That's why so, I know that Vegas just has some, like, black magic deal. I was like, what do you expect from this team to make them a favorite? Well, and sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I think um, it's obviously a good thing in terms of them playing that it's going to be played in Houston. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, obviously there were some issues with the hurricane. I don't think it hit New Orleans too bad, but just in Louisiana in general. So, um, you know, Tulane getting to kind of get out of that, I think, is probably a good thing for that. Um, I believe that they played two to, two weeks ago, uh, which was after the hurricane and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so so look, Tulane right now two and one wins over South Alabama, who's looked a lot better than we thought. And over Southern Miss, a loss to Navy, who obviously has not been as good as we uh, as we thought they could be. Um, so I would say that we don't know anything about either of these teams. Yeah, no, that's basically it. And again, which is why I guess I'd be going off last year. But even last year, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have Houston as a six point favorite. No. I don't know. Like, I <laughs> I just don't know what to have them as a near touchdown favorite in this game. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think for me, when I look at this line, I definitely think that I think Houston can definitely win the game, right? Like, sure, I, I don't sure. think that they're like absolutely going to lose. But I think we've seen in these first couple of weeks these teams that are playing their first game, uh, they don't look all the way together. Now, SMU Texas State, right? Like, <laughs> SMU right. is a juggernaut, and they kind of right. stumbled in the beginning, right? And you know, the thing that you say about Houston is that at least obviously they've had all that practice time. <laughs> All Fair that enough. practice time, um, but you know it's still it's still no guarantee. You still haven't played against live competition, and you know the, Tulane's a tricky team. They're they're definitely not as talented as they were last year. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously when these two teams played last year, uh, Houston had Derek King, right? And so they yeah. won't this year. I do think that Houston's a better team than last year. Whenever they kind of get going. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, Thursday night game, uh, you know, even though it's at home, it's obviously against a weird opponent and Houston and yeah, yeah two, I was about to say two lanes. I mean, they're a tricky po- opponent to plan to game plan for, you know, and they only have that one game on film, but I mean, they, they, they cranked it up. They went down, I think 14, nothing to Southern Miss. Yeah. And then they just absolutely turned it on from there. Like basically I think 66 to 10, I think yeah. they outscored them. Um, now again, that was also Southern. I think that was Southern Miss's first game as well. It was their. It was their. Uh, I think it was their third game actually. But, oh, okay, never mind then. But but, but they had an interim like, coach. Yeah. Right. Right. It was still. Yeah. They still had their interim coach, and so like he was still getting his feet wet. But still, you know, it's something to go off of. And uh, you know, the Green Wave, they're going to do their thing, what they do on offense, and um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it it it's just really hard to say. Like yes, definitively, I feel this way. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think that anybody should feel confident about Houston doing anything. And right. the, on the same hand, you know, you shouldn't feel confident that they're going to not do anything either. We don't know <laughs> anything about this team. So, uh, but I think that both of us definitely think that they're going to, we would definitely take the points here and uh, and mm-hmm. go with Tulane. So, moving on, Texas versus Oklahoma. Uh, so, the last time that these two teams were both coming off of losses <sighs> was the year 2007. So it's it's been a hot minute. Uh, the game 11 a.m. on Fox has, has pretty much usual at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. OU is a two-point favorite in this game, which feels about right. But um, I will say, though, Texas is number 22. Oklahoma, for the first time in God knows how long, is unranked. Jeez. That's wild to me. That's wild to me. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I didn't yeah. look at the polls this week. Oh, that's wild to me. Um, okay, what's the line? Uh, OU minus two. 
Oh, you minus two. Uh, I'll take Texas. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Texas because this is the perfect game. I don't want to say, I don't want to say blowout, right? Obviously not. Oklahoma's too talented for that. But Oklahoma has the, because they're so young this year, they have the combustion factor. Sure. Spencer Rattler can come out and throw three picks. Like, and I would not be shocked. And that's not that Spencer Spencer Rattler's bad. He's just, there's, his decision-making is just off because he's a redshirt freshman. Um, I would, if this game gets to be a shootout, I would not be surprised if Texas wins because I think Sam Ellinger is going to do better with holding on to the ball than Spencer Rattler will. And, and obviously, and to, the other thing is that offensive line, like Oklahoma's offensive line is not good right now. And when, when you're facing a defense that's struggled, having a quarterback that's turnover prone, I don't want to say turnover prone, but just like he's a little inconsistent with the ball and then off and that has an offensive line that has not kicked on. That's what I, to me, that's what you want to see if you're a struggling defense. And so I, I, I'll take Texas. Give me Texas. I do think it is fair to call him turnover prone, even at this point. Um, That's fair. Okay. It, it's early in his career. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to forever be turnover prone. Right. But, you know, I mean, Sam Ellinger as a freshman was turnover prone, right? I think that's yeah, fair to true, say. Very true. Um, true. You know what's funny about this game is that, well, two things. So, first of all, um, I kind of feel like these are the same football team. Like, I feel like they're uh, the same football team if everybody, or if they were, if Texas was just younger. Like the yeah. same stu- the same types, right? Same problems, same issues, but just like Texas isn't supposed to be this way. <laughs> right, right. Like like that's the thing, right? Is that you know, you look at both these teams, you got very good quarterbacks who have made a couple mistakes but really obviously have have carried these teams in a lot of way. You've right. got uh, running games that haven't been consistent enough. You've got mm-hmm. receivers who have been way more inconsistent than we expected them to be. We've got offensive lines that have underperformed what we've expected so far. We've got pretty good front fours and very bad back fours. Like, <laughs> they're kind of the same team to me. And yeah. um, the funny thing about this game, too, is that I, like, I, I this is the first time that I can remember in, oh my gosh, I, like, when was the last time? I, I'm trying to think. Like, since in a decade, that Texas, I feel like, is probably supposed to win this game you know like yeah it's, it's been a while like, like when is the last time that texas i mean obviously ou's favored by a little bit which i think is just more of a respect thing but like you know ou's the unranked team texas is the ranked team like mm-hmm. even if it's just that when's the last time that we were talking about a situation like that do you have to go back to vince uh no 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 i mean i mean oh nine colt for sure would definitely be oh yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. but that's right but like is that it? Still, yeah, right. <laughs> that, that's still that's still like. Is it 10 eleven years? years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying oh, to think. Um, I mean, thirteen Oklahoma wasn't very good, but I don't know if we knew that they weren't very good at that point. Sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. not thirteen. Uh, I guess I guess thirteen, thirteen and fourteen were both not not great. Um, you know, but like I don't know, it wasn't like Texas was great either those years either. Right, so. right, and. I don't know. This is this is just such a weird game. I'm not used to seeing Oklahoma as even though Vegas doesn't have them as an underdog, kind of going in as an underdog. They're one and two. Mm-hmm. They've lost their first two games. They haven't lost three straight games since before Bob Stoops in 1997. Like 
this is not an Oklahoma team I'm used to seeing. But, you know, the one thing that I'll say, too, is I really do think that Oklahoma has a pretty significant coaching advantage. Like, in on, on in all three coordinators, both head coaches and, and coordinators right now. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, again, it's also partially because Texas is playing with two first-year coordinators, right? Like, not right. because they're not talented, but they're still first-year coordinators, whereas I think Alex Grinch, through his first two years, has been very good. N- not mm-hmm. good enough this year, but very good. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously Lincoln Riley, you don't have to, you know, we know, we we know <laughs> right. the deal. Um, yeah, this I one's feel like tough. This game, the reason why I'm I'm saying this, I, I, I'm taking Texas as well, is because there are two narratives that can happen here. Either this is the game, yeah. or Texas. I don't want to say squashes, but really convince. I think they can convincingly put away a young Oklahoma team. This is the game that, you know, kicks Texas on or at least, oh, look, Texas rebounds, right? Some kind of Texas, I don't say Texas is back, but Texas rebounds narrative, right? <laughs> Over Texas Oklahoma. Texas is three and oh, one. Right, they're back, right? Um, no, but you get what I'm saying, right? Some Texas redemption, some semi-Texas redemption narrative or this is the game where the young Oklahoma team kicked on, beat the hyped Texas team that was experienced and supposed to win and they kick on. And I just feel like if that latter narrative happens, Texas' season is done. Like, if this young Oklahoma team who's, who, who, who ha- is talented, right? These are five, four, five-star kids, right? I'm not going to say that they're not. But Texas also has good recruits, but they're more experienced and should be a lot further along. And if Oklahoma comes out and beats this team, that it, Texas is done this year. I'm saying it right now because that cannot happen. They're young. To, they're sophomores and freshmen. Oklahoma, <laughs> Texas right, juniors and right. seniors. Like that's just inexcusable right. if they come out and win this game. To me, yeah. So again, I just don't know what to think of Oklahoma in a spoiler spot because I've really like never seen it before. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. That's fair. That's so fair. So I, I think I'm gonna take Texas, and I think that again, I, I view these as being so close to the same team, but one has Spencer Rattler and one is Sam Ellinger, and so mm-hmm. I think that's enough. But man. I do not feel confident in, in Texas pulling this out. And yeah. I yeah, think that I, I was about to say, I, it's not, it's not my gut feeling, but it's yeah. definitely like me hoping that Texas's season isn't ruined is why I'm picking Texas. Right. And uh, look, I mean, at the end of the day too, it's like, um, you know, I, I don't know. This is just such a weird deal for me because like, it's I, weird. It, I, I, I tweeted this uh, last week that I think that, Whoever loses this game is basically in like full meltdown mode, right? Like, like overwhelmingly, like because you mentioned like if Texas loses this game, their season's over. If Oklahoma loses this game, their season's over, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. It, it's just such a weird game. It's so hard to bet against Oklahoma because I've been screwed so many times doing it before. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think Texas Texas wins a close one. But listen, when you when you play a game like this, you throw the records out. So we'll see what happens. But. Um, Whew. One where I will not throw the records out. Texas A&M versus Florida. 11 a.m. on ESPN. This this is kind of interesting. I, actually, can you guess this line? The Florida-Texas A&M line. It is at Kyle mm, Fields. We have to say that. It's at Kyle. Yeah, I like that matters. Um, Florida minus nine. Minus six and a half. Really? Okay. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I thought it would be a little more, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to go with Florida, right? Come on, especially when we expected the line to be worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah, Florida through the first couple weeks of the year has been unbelievable. Uh, now, granted, they've played only Ole Miss and South Carolina, right? Like, we don't have to pretend that they've played good teams. But mm-hmm. they've been way more dominant, I think, than the scoreboard even shows, right? And so now the other thing that you have to take into account, too, is that the thing that Florida does really well right now is that they have been monstrous through the air. Uh, you know, we, we don't have to, we don't have to, uh, you know, to, to go through what we obviously don't think is that much of an underdog story of Kyle Trask starting, you know, not starting behind a player who is better than him, but, right. uh, but, you know, Kyle Trask has, Trask has obviously been fantastic through the first looks, two games. Looks awesome. He looks, looks awesome. Really good. Right, yeah. right. He's lived up to the hype through the first two games. And here's the issue for Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> the thing that they don't do well is defend the pass. Um, so, so my question is heading into this game, Mm -hmm. uh, what does Kyle Pitts do against Texas A&M? Oh, let's see. He had 170 against Ole Miss. He had only 57 against South Carolina, but I will, you know what? South Carolina might be a better defense than A&M right now. Um, so to uh, combine, combine six touchdowns in those two games, by the way. Yeah, that's insane. Um, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. That's gonna if if Mac Jones did what he did last week, and I'm not saying Mac Jones is bad. He's a fine. He looks like a pretty good quarterback. Kyle Trask is better. Um, looks a yeah. lot better. He might yeah. be working his way into like that third or fourth quarterback discussion for the draft. Yeah, like he look. He looks that good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't want to think about what um, <laughs> what Pitts does against him in that secondary. I mean, I mean, this is I I don't want to you know we we don't need to go into like every match for anything, but like who does A sure. and M try to cover Kyle Pitts with? That that's kind of Everyone. my question, right? Well, because like everyone, all of them. Like, <laughs> if they come out and try to cover him with a linebacker, even though both their linebackers aren't good in coverage, like what like i just don't i don't know i just don't understand like how they line up right because like Mm -hmm. do you just do you just put a corner on him do you just try to move down a safety like this the the funny thing about this right is that (laughs) the guy who really could have helped it was six three corner elijah blades who's not going to be out there because he opted out that's a good point uh yeah i don't know i mean and, and obviously like Pitts has been the guy who's just murdered everybody through the first couple weeks of the year. But, like, Kadarius Tony's been really good. They've got a bunch of receivers with multiple receptions. Like, they're not just, like, a one-man offense. But, mm-hmm. like, that guy's been the game-breaker. And I don't think Texas A&M even has, like, an, a decent guy to go up and try and stop him. Sure. And then if that's the case, and then, like, if they can't stop him, you know, have we seen anything to think that they can win a shootout? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah. if this game, if if Florida says cool, they can't stop us, and Adam's like, well, we got to score. How are they doing that? <laughs> They're giving the ball to Anaya Smith and praying. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. that's literally what they got. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I will say, right, like. <laughs> Florida's defense has not looked very good through the first couple of weeks. Like this is really that's starting. Fair, that's fair. This is really starting to look like a Dan Mullen team, right? And and I don't yeah. mean that as a negative. Dan Mullen, I think, is one of the more underrated coaches in the country. But like, mm-hmm. you know, his teams tend to be he's like an offensive guy. He's an offensive guy. Todd Grantham, not not the number one guy that you'd want out there on defense. Oh. Um, 
but he is their defensive coordinator, isn't he? He is. He is. And third. so isn't 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 oh, I'm trying to think. Isn't it third and Grantham like a thing? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. Okay, one hundred percent is. So uh, my, you know they might be able to move the ball some. So who knows? Yeah. So the thing is, right? Like, if you told me going into this game for one hundred percent certain that I'd get a lot of zone read with Kellen Mond and Spiller and Anaya Smith, that's something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. something. That, that's yeah. definitely something, you know, just get guys in space, make them, uh, you know, draw some misdirection. Like, if you told me that, hey, you know what? We got something here. But what's yeah. going to happen is Kelamon's going to drop back three steps and try to find, you know, Caleb Chapman, and it's not going to work. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going to be the ball game right there, right? And so, I don't know. I, But, but again, I, I want to be very clear. Like, Anum's offense hasn't been great. But, like, their secondary is the reason that I think they're going to lose this game potentially by a lot. Like, I just think that yeah. this is such a bad matchup. Yep. So, yeah. I, I'd probably, I probably, I probably would have taken any lineup to double digits on this game. Um, probably. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, AM. I mean, come on. But I, I don't know. Please. I, yeah. Please. <laughs> please. please. We, we need to see something. I'm, I'm begging you. Oh, man. Next up, we got Texas Tech at Iowa State, 2.30 p.m. on ABC. Iowa State, a 12.5-point favorite. Uh, what's the word on Alan Bowman? You know, I, I don't remember hearing anything on Alan Bowman. Let me see if I can figure out. I would I would assume, since I haven't heard anything, I'm assuming he's playing. But, yeah, I, I don't know the answer on that. Because my gut tell Well... Iowa State has not looked that impressive. No. Um, they were. This was supposed to be, or this should be, Campbell's best team. Um, yeah. Yes. Or at least one of his two best teams, probably. Um, and they just haven't kicked on. Like they, they, you know, they're they're still ranked. They're hanging on. To, you know, you know, they. I don't know. They they beat TCU, which sure, but you know, they lost to Lafayette convincingly. They beat, they, uh, they beat Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma's true, but it's still like, eh, what, what, what do we know not, not the Oklahoma? best Oklahoma team. Yeah. And they still almost gave that game away, too. Like, <laughs> right, Oklahoma right, right. was very, like, Spencer Rattler was turning the ball over, and they still had a chance to win. Right. So, I just don't, yeah. I, give me Tech to cover that, because yeah. I, I, even if Columbia plays, he looked good. Like, I think they can move the ball. Um, and Brock Purdy just, I, I, he's not a quarterback that these, this year he hasn't shown to be the quarterback. That's just going to light up a defense. Yeah. Which I was kind of hoping to see. I expected to see it. Honestly, I, I yeah. more than even hoped, like I expected him to, to kind of take that step towards competing with Ellinger to be the, the big 12's best guy. But like, yeah. I don't know. He, he just hasn't really been that this year. And, and I think that some of it is getting on the same page with the receivers, right? Like, I think it'll get better as the season goes mm-hmm. along. But, like, the whole deal with Iowa State has been that they've started slow and gotten better. But, like, you got to start fast, right? You can't you can't just right. lose games at the beginning. That's why they lose to Iowa every single year is because they're not ready, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, I here's the thing I'll say about Texas Tech, right? And, and by the way, Alan Bowman's day-to-day. Uh, he didn't have any long-term injury i think it was just a sprained ankle basically but you just never know with that stuff um and also i will say matt wells is admittedly coy about injuries he, he's more mm. of a he's more of a he's day-to-day by the way he, it's been three weeks sort of thing um <laughs> i don't think that's necessarily the ca- the case here but i i just don't know whether we know anything for certain mm-hmm. um but the thing that i'll say is like 
Tech has competed with everybody, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they've played Texas and Kansas State in their first two games, and they should have beaten Texas, obviously, and they had a chance to beat Kansas State. So, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I think that... I don't think that Iowa State is markedly better than either of those two teams. And, um, you know, and and you mentioned, obviously, like, not having Alan Bowman would be tough, but I think that Columbia does bring something, you know, kind of a different dimension to the offense just with his ability to kind of freelance because Alan Bowman's not a freelancer. Right, they don't have to stop running the offense when Columbia comes in. Like, they they just kind of add a little bit more of a wrinkle. Right, right. And obviously there's tons of things that Bowman can do that Columbia can't, like, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, I, I don't feel that bad. Uh, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about last week with, like, the Frank Harris-Josh Adkins thing at UTSA. It's like, I don't feel bad with the second guy being in there. Like, the first guy does something that's a lot better and, you know, that, that you like to have in your offense. But, like, it's not like right. the second guy's killing you, right? Now, mm-hmm. you know, if we have to get down to, like, Maverick McIver, then all of a sudden, you know, maybe I'm a little more worried because he just hasn't played as yet. But, like... Sure. You know, I, I don't think that I don't think that Bowman versus Columbia moves the line that much for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I think twelve and a half is a lot. I don't think that Iowa State deserves that right now. Right. Um, like, like, would you take <clears throat> to me? Would you consider Kansas State better than Iowa State? I think I I think it's a discussion. I I think that I'd probably give ISU a little nod, but not sure. not a major one. Right, and so I think around ten. Yeah. Like that's like last week's game against Kansas State for Texas Tech. I could see that playing out again. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, right? Is like you could have a backdoor cover or, you know, a backdoor not cover, right? Like right, uh, right. you know, and so it's just hard to say. Um but I, I think that I think that Texas Tech has proven so far that they're good enough to compete with teams. And like the other thing too is that obviously I think that we could we are at the point where we can move on from the Houston Baptist game and say that was just a first game thing, right? Like, I think that they've sure. played well enough in their last two to kind of forgive them, them for that. Right, and we've seen evidence across the country that, right. you know, a bunch of teams just weren't up to right. the caliber that week. So, so you know, and, and I will say, like, the tough thing about being Texas Tech right now um, is that everybody in the Big 12's kind of good. You know, there aren't very mm-hmm. many bad teams. It's really just Kansas is the only bad team. So, like... Yeah. You know, that's going to make it tough because I, w- I was going to say, you know, okay, maybe when they, play, uh, you know, get into some easier games, then they'll have a chance to compete. But obviously that might not exist this year. Right. But, right. Um, but you know, I still think that Texas Tech is good enough to compete uh, week in and week out. And I, I don't think that Iowa State is so good that you expect them to win by two touchdowns. So mm-hmm. give me a uh, give me Texas Tech with that line. So oh, we won't have to talk too long about this game. UTSA at BYU, 230 <laughs> on ESPN2. The only thing that I'll say, right, this is... Yeah. So so first of all, Frank Harris is a game-time decision. Uh, he thought that he was okay to go last week, and Jeff Trailer okay. said no. Yeah. So that, that does make me think that he could be back. Obviously, his legs are a huge part of what he does. So, you know, I think it was an ankle injury, right? So if he's not all the way back, you shouldn't play him. But... Right. Uh, and so the line, the line's pretty big. The line's 34 and a half. Oh, <laughs> Th- that kind of feels like a lot. That does feel like a lot. Um, like twenty eight's not bad. No, twenty eight. Like, I, I, I could, I could see, a, I could see a four score game, but that le- that extra is that's a lot. That's a lo- asking. That's asking a lot of BYU to do to a team that's shown to be good, well coached, and well prepared for games. Um, right. So yeah, I don't know. That seems like a team. That seems like a a, a line BYU would have against. Monroe I don't know that that that's a lot yeah it feels like a lot to me I think that 
I think that I have it going about 30, right? Like, I think yeah. that I think that I have you to say covering by a little bit, assuming Frank Harris plays. Like, if it's, right. you know, I mean, if it's if it's uh, you know Jordan Weeks, I, I don't feel great about that, right? Like, if it's if it's Lowell Narcisse, I don't feel great about that. It sounds like Adkins mm-hmm. is obviously not going to be back for a little while. Um, you know, if Frank Harris is in there. I, I think he's dynamic enough to make some things happen. Um, but it, it's just so hard to say, right? <laughs> like, it's so hard. Because right. uh, at this point, like, again, you are sort of doing the thing like, okay, does UTSA score a late touchdown? Does You know, does garbage right. time play out? But, like, I don't know. I mean, UTSA hasn't really gotten blown out, right? Like, yeah. they've kind of stuck around even even last week against UAB, who's probably a lot better of a team than they are. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a lot to ask, in my opinion, to uh, for for uh, BYU to go and cover five touchdowns <laughs> against right. them. So uh, I'll take UTSA to cover, but again, I mean, it's it's not going to be a close game. No, yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go the opposite. Actually, I'm gonna say UTSA comes out strong. Okay, because that's what they've been doing, and I think they I think that again, it's always Plan A for Coach Trailer that's looked really well. And Plan B that's looked a little shaky in recent weeks. So sure. I'm gonna say Plan A comes out. He comes out pretty good, right? He's he's. They've been watching film. They've been game planning for this BYU team. They've been trying to figure out ways to slow Zach Wilson down. See what he does wrong. Which granted hasn't been much, but he's. They've they've been looking at. They've been looking for weaknesses. I think first quarter looks okay. Maybe in the first quarter tied or down one score. Um, and then obviously after halftime, I think is when it gets pretty bad, but I think it's not bad enough to where, yeah, I don't, I don't like five touchdowns. I'll take, I'll take UTSA to cover that. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, and granted, uh, this is all, this is all a caveat. If Frank Wilson plays <laughs> like yeah, if, Frank, uh, Harris, if, if, yes. if, Frank Harris, yeah, sorry. Um, if Frank Wilson is not walking back through the door, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, but if, uh, yeah, if Narcisse or weeks play, like, I just don't think they can move the ball at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, we we obviously saw last week, like, I think that having one guy is good enough to compete with some worse teams, but you got to have at least two, right? You you Mm -hmm. can't just have Sincere McCormick going into this. You have to be able to at least spread things out a little bit. I mean, we've seen good things from the receivers when they've had the chance, right? Yeah, when they get the ball, that's why, I mean, that's why Atkins has been so so, so good in my opinion. It's just, he just makes them, he just gives them the ball. Definitely. So... Yeah, next up we got Texas State at Troy, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN3. Troy is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. That's about and, right. Yeah, and and I will say, uh, from what things are sounding like, it sounds like we'll see both Brady McBride and Tyler Vitz potentially yeah, play at times both this were week. at practice this week. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see any. I mean, based on what we know of Texas State, they were off last week, but we'll be still based off – the games we do have, I don't know how you can take them in this game. A touchdown sounds about right, but when you consider they've had bad luck against Troy in the past, um, I'd say that is a marginal step forward. Um, I'm kind of out on moral victories, but it is what it is when you're facing a program who's had, <clears throat> excuse me, had success like Troy has, um, and you and Texas State has, you know, they haven't put together four quarters yet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the thing that I'll say, though, right, is, like, Texas State's obviously 1-3. They've obviously mm-hmm. lost all three games in excruciating fashion. Uh, right. But, like, Troy hasn't shown us anything this year, like, at all. Uh, you know, they beat Middle Tennessee by a lot, cool, and then they got murdered by BYU. Like, we don't know mm-hmm. anything about whether this Troy team is good, whereas, like, I mean, you know, good's a strong word, but I think that Texas State is obviously 
a lot better, right? Like they're, sure, I think sure. that they're notably, noticeably better than last season. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and win this game, but this is this is what I mean. Obviously, that UTSA game was one that they should have had and should have won, right? And mm-hmm. but like, this is only their third game against a team that's sort of at their level, you know, because mm-hmm. they play UTSA close and and arguably should win. Uh, they play ULM and dominate them, and then now they got Troy and. Especially with Brady McBride in the lineup, this has clearly been a different team, right? Like, this has been a much better team when he's played. They, they played SMU close, they played BC close, and I don't think Troy is as good as either of those teams. So, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready to say that they win the game, but, I mean, I, I definitely would take them to lose by less than a score. Okay, okay. I, I, I disagree just because I think... When you look at Troy, and I mean, Gunnar Watson looks to be pretty okay. Like, again, it's only two games, so we don't know exactly how good of a quarterback he is. But Texas State is a team that's been known to be a little susceptible to quarterbacks who can just kind of, you know, spread the ball around. And they're not they're not an aggressive secondary, I should say. Like, like Jaron Morris is a good – is a playmaker, but he's not somebody – they're going to give wide receivers space. And if a quarterback's good enough to take that away, I mean, we saw that with when Phil Jerkovic kind of kicked on finally uh, against Boston College, he was able to kind of get what he got. Sure. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I just think that there there definitely is a gap, right, between, between sure, those teams. And, mm-hmm. I mean, again, Troy scored seven points against BYU, right? And they scored, they scored 47, but it was against a really bad Middle Tennessee team. Like, I, I just mm-hmm. don't know if either of those things really matter. I'm also... Uh, so South Alabama was the team that had COVID issues, right? And that's why it was canceled, or was it Troy? I think I think it was South Alabama. Okay. I'm looking it up now. Because obviously that's a factor too, right? It's like we don't mm-hmm. know how their contact tracing is going either. So I don't know. I mean, again, we'll see exactly how back uh, Brady McBride and Tyler Vid are. Like, obviously this has just been a nightmare of a start to the season from that perspective with all the contact tracing. Um, yeah, it was, it was South Alabama. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've figured as much. But, like, no, I mean, obviously, like, you look at uh, you look at what BYU did. Like, BYU threw for 472 yards on this secondary. Like, this isn't that's a good fair. secondary. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think yeah. that Texas State has really good receivers this year. I think that that's, you know, a reasonable statement to make. And, mm-hmm. uh, no, so, I mean, I, I just think – by the way, <laughs> do, you, do you know the name of, of BYU's backup quarterback? No. <laughs> His name is Baylor Romney. Oh, is that is is he related? I'm pretty sure well, he's related. Cuz they I know they have uh uh oh god, they have another I think they have another they have a receiver have another, named Romney. I think Gunner Romney. Yeah, Gunner Romney. Gunner Romney. I don't think he's related, but I'm curious if the other one is. <laughs> uh weird. no, no, no. So so then he's not because uh because Gunner is his brother. Okay, gotcha. So okay, it's just so. just the Romneys, I guess. Yeah. Just the the Romney name. <laughs> By the way, uh, also also funny. Uh, Baylor Romney also was the quarterback at El Paso Franklin of all schools. So how about that? Hey, look at that. Okay, <laughs> look at that. So stand anyway, up, El Paso. <laughs> all that to say, BYU's way better in both of these teams. But I think uh, <laughs> I think that Texas State can also move the ball downfield a little against Troy, as long as again, as long as we see a lot of Brady McBride. Like Tyler Bate did a good job, um, but like. I, I think that this is obviously just a different offense with a guy who can freelance the way that, that Brady McBride did in his first couple of games. Hmm. All right, this this is kind of a weird one. TCU versus Kansas State, 3 p.m. on Fox. 
uh, actually, can you, I? I'm curious. Can you guess this line? Mm. It's on Fox. Where is it? Where is it? It is in Fort Worth. In Fort Worth. Um. Man, this is hard. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. I'm gonna say TCU minus five. Yeah, TCU minus eight and a half. Really, a touchdown over a yeah. touchdown. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think that I think that if you're Vegas, what you're buying into right now is that with Max Duggan playing, TCU's looked mm. really good. Sure, um, sure. I feel like I I almost feel like though that they're. I understand that Oklahoma, that win looks a little less impressive, but like, I don't know. At the same time, I, I sort of feel like that's a little disrespectful to Kansas State because, I mean, this is a team that thrives off of forcing mistakes, right? And Ooh, like, you know what it is? You know what it is? I found I found the reason. What's up? Chris Kleiman got an extension two days ago. <laughs> so that means there's going to be a disappointing blowout loss of at least probably 10 or 14 coming fat up. And, fat and happy now? Yeah, it's, it's 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 the law of extensions. Like you get extended all of a sudden it looks like a bad decision the right the next week. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I just found that I was like, didn't he get an extension this week? Yes, he did. So the thing that I'm really curious about is uh you know, TCU's front seven looked a lot better last week against Texas. Now we'll see whether that uh, we'll see whether that's a you know a playing against Texas thing because Gary Patterson always seems to do that crap. But uh, but I mean we're gonna figure out real quick because Round Rock's own Deuce Vaughn is a monster. He Ooh. is absolutely unbelievable. He is. I think that I've already seen people call, calling him the second coming of Darren Sproles, and you know what? I'm on board. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. Strap that rocket to him, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Not through through his first three games, he has two hundred rushing yards and two hundred thirty receiving yards. Like, hasn't he put like both? Didn't he put Oklahoma and Tech away? Yeah, like yeah, like he the did. like basically like the 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 gut. He punch had the clinching plays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, oh my gosh. Oh man. No, he's um, crazy. Yeah, good. He he's so much fun. I remember. I think I want to say. Was he Cedar Ridge? Yeah, he was Cedar Ridge. Okay, yeah. So I, I did. I caught his. I want to say his junior year. I sure. caught him against Stony Point, and it was like you saw him, and it, he wasn't like exactly. He wasn't exactly like running for you know two hundred yards or whatever. But you're like that kid. Like his five yard runs are so quick. Right. That's just like, and then he broke. I think he broke one for like thirty. But like his his short runs were like, how did he get to that edge? Like, yeah. how did he possibly do that? And, sort of sort of like how yeah. Ulysses Bentley is for SMU. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just, I those sort of players are so much fun to watch. Where it's just like, I also love the kids too, and, and he has a little bit of this too, of like, you know, with Kyler, it was just like his legs moved so fast. And yeah. you're just uh-huh. kind of like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> you know, like. There's like, so much, it's like a hamster wheel, just like constantly right. generating energy. <laughs> Right, and and look, I mean, if I were to, like, there are a number of reasons that I'm not a good athlete, but if I were to to rank them, definitely, like, slow feet is definitely one of mine, so whenever I watch a kid like that, I'm like, god dang, like, that's, that's yeah. not there. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I just, that seems like a really big line for TCU, because this defense has not looked very special through the first two weeks. Um, you know, and offensively, like, I definitely like what they what they showed, um, and, and the thing that I have to say, right, is like, 
yes, they didn't look super special. They, they were really good against the pass last week, right? Like, I think they were really, really good um, in, in containing Sam Ellinger. But they've been susceptible to the big play has been a big thing. And that is, again, very bad news against Deuce Vaughn because Deuce mm-hmm. Vaughn makes all the big plays. And I, I don't know. I just... Obviously, Kansas State is so much more kind of precise than offense. They're going to make TCU's linebackers go back in coverage more. I, I don't think that TCU's going to be able to get to the quarterback at all in this game. So it's going to be a lot of pressure, I think, on those fantastic safeties and, and even the cornerbacks who played really, really well last week. But it's going to be a lot of pressure on them, I think, all game. Both, the, you know, and not, not just in the passing game, but I think even in run coverage, I think they're going to have to do a whole lot. So I don't know. It's, it's a lot to ask, I feel like. And I think TCU definitely could be better than this team, but I, I just don't see them being two scores better. Now, I will say it looks like Skylar Thompson might be a game-time decision. Sure. So that might play into it as well, um, just kind of having I, the unknown factor of that if sure. they don't know. I mean, we don't really know. Will Howard looked okay. Like he, I, I thought he looked, looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't really fall off. So who knows? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's it, it's, it's kind of a lot. That is quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so but I, I think they are. I think they are. I think they are gauging that off of the second half against Iowa State and sure. then Texas, though, because they did. I mean, two completely different teams, at least offensively. Right. Right. Well, and, and defensively, I think even you know they looked more dynamic after you know they kind of realized that Duggan would be able to bail them out a little bit. But <laughs> right. you know, I mean, it's just now you got now you got a week and a half of tape on Duggan and what this offense is going to look like. I don't know. I mean, I just think I, I think that I just have too much respect for. Climate's coaching staff and and look if there's one coach who's not going to get fat and happy after getting an extension i feel like it's chris Kleiman, right like <laughs> he, he's a dude who's just like oh i get paid <laughs> you know like <laughs> so, i mean look it, it's it's obviously just funny even in hindsight just obviously you know we did a little bit of this after the oklahoma game uh it, it's funny for people to go back now and kind of be like oh yeah people didn't want to hire him at kansas state that that looks dumb <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i think kansas state covers again tcu can very much win this game I, I still feel like i'm very much in wait and see mode on tcu before i feel like i'm confident kind of declaring anything about them sure yeah so all right to the nightcaps uh first up we got we got a barn burner another national tv game for my beloved utep miners my three and one miners uh, unfortunately, they go on the road to Louisiana Tech, 6.30 p.m. Are you going to say that record because you think this is the last time you get to say it? I They'll still be above 500 after this week regardless. <laughs> but uh, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN2, Louisiana Tech, a 15.5-point favorite. Is it bad that I'm saying that's it? I mean, I will say, right, like, <laughs> I think that Louisiana Tech hasn't looked – I mean, I mean, they lost – just a crazy amount of production, right? Like, sure, sure. So, like, they're so so far what we've seen from them. We saw them eke out a one point win against a USM team that uh, that you know hasn't been great this year. Like, again, they have an interim coach. It was his first game, and and that was the game. Remember that they should have lost. That they won mm-hmm. on the last play. Um, and then Houston Baptist didn't learn anything from that except for that Billy Zappi still awesome, and they got murdered by BYU. So like, this isn't. This isn't last year's 10-win Louisiana Tech, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that they're <laughs> going to win by 20. But, uh, but you know, this this definitely, I don't think, is the... This, this isn't the most special Louisiana Tech team. And this, is, this mm-hmm. isn't a bad UTEP team, right? They're, right, they're not right. good, but, like, they do a lot of things well. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think 
my guess telling me LaTeX covers. Yeah. Just because I think this is, I don't know. I feel like they looked good against UL Monroe, but UL Monroe might be the worst team in the country. They're very bad. Um, they're really bad. But again, they have we haven't seen UTEP do that to anyone, so that's that's a feather in their cap. I just think that there were times against ACU and SFA where Gavin Hardison really struggled, mm-hmm. and against FCS programs, and I feel like we're due for something like that again. I would love for him to kick on and keep what he was keep doing what he was doing against UL Monroe. But there were some there were moments where I was like, how did he miss that throw? How did he overthrow that? How did you know th- it was just small things where there, he was kind of one of the reasons they weren't able to sustain drives and basically were the reason why those uh, ACU and SFA were in those games. And I feel like against La Tech, as different as they are from last year, like Luke Anthony's looked pretty good. Like if you, oh, he's if you very good. Sust- yeah, if you can't sustain drives against a team like that that can move the ball, I think this could get out of hand early to where UTEP might be able to claw back something in the second half or late, but I don't think it's going to be you know to the point of really putting a dent in it. So here's my counter. There have been 74 teams that have played football at this point. Can you guess out of 74 teams where Louisiana Tech ranks in passing yards allowed? Hmm. I'm going to say 60 in the 60s. 70. They're bottom five. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. The the thing that you say, right, because they played Southern Miss Jack Abraham in in their first game. Uh, They did miss Baylor, which obviously, you know, probably wouldn't have gone super well based on what we've seen so far. (laughs) Uh, They played Bailey Zappi, who's a monster. uh, Mm -hmm. And then they played uh, the the BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, right? Uh, No, no, no. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Zach, uh, I think it was Zach Wilson. I think I had that right. I just deleted it. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so like yeah, Zach Wilson. Okay, okay. I, I don't know, man. There's so many quarterbacks in my mind right There's now. So but... many Zachs at BYU <laughs> so anyway. Many, so many Zachs. So many Wilsons. Honestly, I'm like, oh man, it's too much going on. But anyway, so they played three really good quarterbacks. So I don't want to like, I don't want to like harp and be like, wow, this is a terrible secondary. But like, sure, they're a secondary that can get moved on, right? Like they're they're a defense that hasn't shown that they can stop anybody at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, like UTEP is worse than all those teams i don't want to pretend that they're not but um well i mean maybe they're better than houston baptist i don't really know houston baptist is kind of a world beater but um but you know obviously that's an interesting game i kind of want to see that (laughs) (laughs) right 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 no that would be a lot of fun it would be way different than the 2019 (laughs) season opener just so different but you know so i mean that's the thing that you say right is like we're tech hasn't stopped anybody and like utep definitely hasn't been consistent enough but they have stopped people you know i mean Mm -hmm. i know that i know that obviously two of those games were against fcs opponents right but obviously against uh ulm as well like they stopped people they played a pretty good quarterback in that game and completely held him underwater like and and i don't think that's going to happen against louisiana tech louisiana tech's too good but Mm -hmm. like this isn't a team all all that to say like i don't think that this is a utep team that has looked uh, other in the texas game obviously which again we just throw out like this hasn't been a team that's looked like they've struggled to do much of anything so and the other thing that i'll say too is that obviously you know like you mentioned hardison especially against sfa 
um, but you know, even even against uh, Abilene Christian, a little bit struggled to start that game. You know, he's he looked a little shaky, he looked a little unconfident. But the flip side is against ULM. I mean, I thought that he looked really confident throwing the ball. I looked like it. It looked like he had turned a corner. Now, has that is it that he turned a corner, or is it that ULM's that bad? It, it's hard to say. I mean, we won't really know until this week. And actually, that's why I'm really interested by this game because this is the first game that they kind of play against a team that's good for their level, right? Like a team that's good, but that they're supposed to compete with. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we haven't really seen that so far. Uh, other than the Texas game, I mean, they've they've mostly just kind of kept teams close and put them away. Other than, again, ULM, I think they did a really good job. So, I don't know. I, I, think, that, I think that Louisiana Tech covers, you know, maybe 17 is what it ends up being. But mm-hmm. I think, um, I mean, I think that UTEP's going to be able to move the ball. I think this could be a relatively high-scoring game. That's fair. I can see that. Yeah. So, should be a should be a fun one. And uh, look again, the best news. No matter what happens, UTEP still above five hundred. So, uh, <laughs> closing it out. This is another weird game to me, honestly. UNT versus Charlotte, seven p.m. Uh, on ESPNU. Charlotte is a three-point favorite in this game. Isn't it in Denton? Yes. Interesting. Hmm. So obviously that's about about a touchdown on a neutral field is is what you're yeah, saying with that. That's yeah, that's it. I mean they've lost they lost to Florida Atlantic close. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost to a really good App State. Yeah. They had to. They got an apology because somebody made fun of Club Lit. If you didn't see that, <laughs> I did not see that. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was Florida Atlantic. Somebody posed or something with like. The club lit sign. And, oh like, my god! This was one of the opponents, and like, right, they, right, they right. didn't make him apologize, but like the coach like went and apologized <laughs> to to Will Healy. I'm pretty sure Will Healy did not cool. care. Cool. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about Charlotte. I know what to think about North Texas. It's not good, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> Charlotte's also not good, or if they just played kind of just pretty good teams and came up close. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Like you mentioned, like FAU should be pretty good this year. App is obviously really good this year, and Charlotte competed. But man, yeah, you go into this game and you're kind of just like you don't know what Charlotte has. Like obviously mm-hmm. they were a really good offensive team last year, and and Will Healy's second season, I think it was. Um, you know, and, and against FAU, their quarterback threw for 314 yards. Like he's a guy who can move the ball, and that's obviously bad news for North Texas. The other thing that I don't think that we really know a whole lot about is which players on North Texas defense are definitely back this week. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, obviously they haven't been good enough in the first place, but it's really, really hurt them that they haven't had a lot of their best players, especially at linebacker, um, mm. through these first couple of games. So, you know, if, if some of them are back, that changes a lot, but if they're not, right, like it's mm. kind of the flip side of that. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, the more I think about it, I guess... Minus three is not bad, I think. Um, no. Just because Charlotte has shown... I mean, yes, North Texas has won a game, but I think Charlotte... I think it's safe to say that Charlotte has shown more in their yeah. games um, yeah. as far as being confident. Um, so, especially because in North Texas's best game, like, their best quarterback just hasn't looked the same when he's gone against competition up to their level. So, mm-hmm. um, or at least the best quarterback in that game. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to... I think it's hard. Right now, I'm really pessimistic about North Texas in general. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I guess I'll take Charlotte in that one. Yeah, so so a couple notes for this one. Um, Austin Ani's 
the starter heading forward. Um, he's, mm. he's officially the starting quarterback, which is what it looked like last week, but you know, yep. they hadn't kind of made it official. Uh, I'm also seeing that Oscar Attaway is going to be out, which is uh, not great because he's kind of been their guy. And Jair Shorter is also going to be out for them. You know, so two of their best uh, offensive playmakers. Jalen Darden's still going to play. You know, he's, he's a big-time player, but that's a lot. I mean, again, it's just – it's. <laughs> Like, obviously, North Texas hasn't been good. That's been a real mm-hmm. issue. But they've also been really snake bit, man. It's, it's been pretty yeah. bad. So uh, it's just hard to feel super optimistic about where they're at right now. So I, I will take Charlotte to win and, and cover. But, I mean, look, I, I don't know much about either of these teams heading into this game. I don't either. Luckily for North Texas, they have uh, Middle Tennessee. So we'll see next week <laughs> uh, what they're really made of. Because if that game's close, oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's always weird, um, you know, being around college football for a little and seeing these teams kind of cycle through. Because, like, obviously when I first got here, it was like, man, North Texas is that team. They're going to be around yep. for a while. Like, this is yep. this is it. You know, we we got to think about putting them on the cover. And, like, yep. all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, North Texas is last in our power pole. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's probably not going to change for a couple of weeks. You know, I mean, yep. that's, that's crazy. Because even, right, because even if North Texas wins this game, I mean – who's dropping below them right like yeah they're still still probably gonna be it so i don't know man i mean i'm still like this season's a mulligan for everybody right like i'm not gonna draw some giant conclusions on hardly anybody based off of this year just because of how weird it is but yeah i don't know maybe uh (laughs) maybe seth latrell should have taken that kansas state job i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah no so i mean he's still got a good situation there obviously i don't want to I don't sure. Want, no, you know, no, it's not a bad situation. Like, there. No, no, no. I mean, they're they're still a good program. They're still recruiting at a high level. I still think they're going to be back. And I think that obviously, you know, for a lot of teams, twenty twenty is going to be about development and uh, and just trying to get guys back for twenty twenty one and and getting mm-hmm. guys ready. I think that they're going to be one of the biggest uh, beneficiaries of that because they do have a very young team right now. So mm-hmm. whenever it does come together, I do think that they're going to be good again. But I just expected that, you know. I just thought it was going to work, right? I just thought that right. it was going to kind of work. I feel you. So, so, yeah, uh, no question that UNT has been one of the bigger disappointments. So, sorry, Ashley Pickle, if you're listening. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, that seems like a good place to close it out. Uh, fun, fun slate this week. I really think that this could be a really fun week. Um, and a lot of teams. I mean, <laughs> Sunday show is going to be a lot of talking about meltdowns. I, that's the only thing that I know for certain. <laughs> no matter who wins or loses, we're going to be talking about meltdowns. We're going to be talking about you know. <laughs> So somebody over here is going to be losing their mind this upcoming Sunday. So. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty safe to predict. Yeah, yeah. Cannot wait to be talking about that. But as always, find all of our work at TexasFootball.com. We'll have a lot of content leading up to that game. Follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Uh, if you're not already, become a subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. And for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Shahan J. Raja. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back with you guys again on Sunday.